Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Emery, as a, as a person who tries to improve every single part of his life every single day and become a better manager, recognised that there was a little gap when he was at Arsenal and he identified um, you know, he identified that and, and said when he was going to return to the Premier League he wanted someone alongside him who could act as a personal assistant somebody who could sit next to him at press conferences and translate anything that he didn't understand somebody that he could lean on to, for advice you know, for, for off-field matters on Diego Carlos you know when you see it on the screen straight after you've lost a game as a football fan you see someone smiling when you're annoyed your team has lost I can understand that kind of instant reaction of oh I'm glad you I'm glad you think it's funny but if you think of the you think of the bigger picture here and Villa put out a, a video of his of the journey that, that he's gone through since yeah. he's coming I mean imagine coming in from a foreign country you've played two games for, for your club that you've, you've just joined you've just uprooted your whole family and then you get that horrific injury in your, in your second game and you've got to spend the rest of the season going on a journey trying to get yourself fit from what is a horrible, horrible injury. All of those players perhaps might be moved on in, in times ahead and, and that will just free up more funds for Villa. Um, if you look back over the last two years, they've, they've only spent £40 million net, you know, with the, with the £100 million sale of Jack Grealish. So the last two years, they've, they've, they've almost moved away from the tag that people uh, perceive Villa to be big spenders. And they're almost shrewd, you know, shrewd, clever investors now. You know, £40 million over the last two years net spend is, is pretty decent. The 1874 Show by the Villa View. Hello, welcome back to the 1874 podcast on the Villa View. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Global Greg Evans from The Athletic. This show is sponsored by NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to thevillaview.tv slash NordVPN and you'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan. Plus, you'll also get four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so you've absolutely nothing to lose. So go and check those guys out. Greg, we've had a few weeks hiatus, busy schedules for both, not managed to, to marry them up. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Dan. Yeah, feeling nice and refreshed. I, I had a week golfing up in Scotland, so that was nice. I, I had uh, a feeling golf obviously. might come into it at some point. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, if I have some time off work, I've got to go and play golf, haven't I? What else am I going to do? Got to. Must do. You got have, to. have to go and play golf. <laughs> I mean... It's good to be not off this week because all it does is, is is rain. And in our in our hiatus as well, actually Villa lost twice. That's probably a good job we've come back. Yeah, yeah disappointing wasn't it? You know those, those two results. But I think you know it's inevitable. Villa Villa were not going to continue winning games in the in the fashion that they were. Um, you know defeats were going to happen, and the fact that they've lost two games away at Man United and Wolves isn't the biggest deal. I mean, you, you look at the table now, and it starts to feel a little bit tougher to to, to finish in those European positions. But I think Villa would have taken. Well, Villa certainly would have taken this, having three games left to, with a chance of getting into the top seven, a hundred percent. Yeah, we'll come on to the, to the European picture later on in the show because yesterday, Greg, 
you were doing some some gregging, some breaking news on the athletic from yourself. What the heck is going on, Greg? Uh, yeah, I, I expected that pun would be used at some point. I didn't even um, know if you picked up for, on it. For those, for those of you who who, who aren't aware of, of Dan's incredibly cheesy pun just there, um, a guy called Chris Heck is expected to come into a senior position at Villa. Um, Heck was the former president of the NBA team Philadelphia 76ers uh, spent nine years at the club um, uh, nine years at the team and Wes Edens Villa's co-owner would have known him quite well and and and, and the work the good work that he'd done um, at the NBA team obviously you know Edens is a is a, he's also a co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks as as many of you Villa fans know so um, it's a an expected appointment that has been pushed by him so yeah, so a bit of background on Heck is that he spent nine years at the Sixers, um, was was well respected internally, uh, and helped grow the revenue streams at the team. Um, so that's an important thing that Villa will be looking at because it's a really important time for Villa at the moment. Now they're they're moving into a, an era where they want to break into the top six. Um, they've obviously got the stadium expansion plans that are you know well underway now. Um, and the club, the, the owners, Nassif and, and, and Wes, are looking to get more money back into the club through various revenue streams. So hiring a new commercial expert and somebody who's going to be working on the senior management team is just one step towards trying to help um, uh, you know, build a better future and, and more of a sustainable future for Villa. Is that, is that his, his remit then? Is commercial, that, that's the, the side he sits on? That's his expertise. That's where he worked so well in his previous roles. Um, the exact definition of what role he will be taking up at Villa has not been uh, announced or, or defined yet. So it's something we'll we'll see um, in you know future weeks and months. There are a lot. Um, what, what's clear is there are a lot of new changes now at Villa. Things are starting to become different um, at the club. The structure that was already in place, was working well to an extent. But um, what we're going to see now is Unai Emery becoming the most powerful person at the club behind the owners um, and having the majority of the say, you know, almost all of the, the say on football, it matters. Um, and Villa are looking to strengthen around the edges um, in their commercial departments. And, you know, as I mentioned previously, the senior management role. But what we're going to be seeing now is, is Emery taking a, a much greater control over footballing matters. Because you say Heck was president of the of the seventy sixers. That was his that was his job title at the seventy sixers. But I guess the structures in basketball is very different, different to, to the yeah. structures in the English Premier League com- compared to the NBA, isn't it? Yeah, different setup. Um, you know, it'd be good to get an, an NBA expert on at some point to talk. Oh, I'll about play it on the PlayStation, Greg. I can, to, I can help. <laughs> to talk about Heck and um, and you know some of the the good things, maybe some of the things he didn't deliver on, or be good to get an uh, you know an extra opinion on an expert opinion on that. Um, what we'll, what we know is that if he, he has got some football experience, which will be beneficial, he, he worked for the New York Red Bulls um, in Major League Soccer between 2011 and 2013. Um, so that's going to help. Um, I don't think he'll be having too much of a say on the football inside of things. It'll be more commercial um, and behind the scenes. And as I mentioned previously, Emery will be the guy uh, making the making the footballing decisions alongside his new and incoming sporting director. Interesting you say that about about Unai Emery get, getting the control back because the last time a manager had real a real control and sway at Villa I would say was probably Martin O'Neill and then when he left there wasn't really football people to, to fill in the gaps once he'd gone and Villa really started to spiral for, for, from that point. This feels quite, quite different though doesn't it because if you've got a manager like Unai Emery at Villa you have to give him control and you have to have to let him do the things he wants to do because you know he can be successful. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go too much into detail on this now because we've got other we've got other things to, to talk about on the pod. But there's a, there's a piece going live on The Athletic uh, on Thursday morning, which will go into a little bit more detail about, well, in fact, it will go into a lot of detail actually about how um, some of the assurances that Emery was promised when he uh, was negotiating with with Nassif Sawiris to take over at Villa. So um, I urge all of you to, to read that because it will be a lot more detailed than what we're talking about now. But just in short, Emery was, Emery was excited about coming to Villa and taking the job, but he wanted 
clear assurances when he was coming because the Premier League is so competitive. He wasn't just joining any club and, and a club who were in 17th position at the time. It was a, he wanted clear assurances um, that, that there were ambitious plans in place. Um, so I'll go into a few of those details in, in the article on, on Thursday morning. But yeah, I mean, it was a blank canvas almost handed to him. Uh, you know, he does have the keys to the castle, so to speak. He can do pretty much what he wants and he's got a lot of extra credit in the bank because of the run that Villa have been on. Um, 14 wins, is it, in 22 games? Something I think. along those lines. Which is, you know, incredible. Uh, so he was always going to get additional money to be to spend uh, on transfers in this next summer window. He was given his full backroom team um, and, and other assistants alongside but now that he's got the results that have taken Villa away from the relegation zone, a guaranteed mid uh, top half t- uh, finish for the first time in 12 years, and perhaps even qualification for Europe, just means he's got that extra bit of credit in the bank to go and do what he needs to do su- to succeed in the job. I know you don't massively want to go into it now, and we're not going to it, but one question I just want to ask you is, how much is the difference between Emery's role and that of Steven Gerrard or, or Dean Smith? Because, you know, when Arteta changed to being called manager from head coach, is it, is yeah. it that kind of thing? Has Emery's role changed from head coach to, to manager? It's not so much a, 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 um, a title change. It's just very, very clear that he's now pretty much, well, he's the most powerful person at the club behind the co-owners. So, you know, he he's making the footballing decisions. He's, he's targeting the players. He's identifying the players. There's a very good structure in place at Villa, which I've spoken about previously. Um, and Emery and his team would be foolish to ignore that because what, what Johan Langer, the, the current sporting director, who will be staying on at, at the club in a senior role, um, have, have put together is some very good processes. And the research team, the sports science team, the scouting team have put a lot of work into potential signings in the next couple of windows. And if Emery doesn't use that information that's already there then you know he would be he'd be missing out but I think what we are going to see is Emery targeting individual players and and hoping that the club can deliver on those now Um, whether any of those targets cross over with some of the background work that Villa have already done um, you know behind the scenes we'll have to wait and see I'm I'm, you know Villa are a very private club they don't want to reveal um, transfer targets you know we've known that for years but yeah, he's got he's got a lot more power. Uh, previously, it would be um, a joint or you know, be a decision between the manager, Johan Langer, the sporting director, Christian Perzo, the CEO, um, and then the three of them between them would would then pitch the the, you know, the potential players that Villa are after to the owners. The owners would then decide whether they can afford the player um, or whether it's worth buying. Now it will simply be Emery saying, "I want player X. Can we go and get him?" And then the owners will decide. Okay, because it's quite clear, you know. Last year, Steven Gerrard wanted Philip Coutinho and he got Philip Coutinho. The, the, cl- yeah. the club did that for him. So, managers <clears> always <throat> had say in some of the players. You know, you look back to D- Dean Smith would have been heavily involved in Watkins and Concert, for example, you you assume, because he, he'd worked with them before. So, managers always had a say. But I guess what you're saying now is Emery has full control. Every player that comes in will probably have been identified by him, which, you know, he's a football freak, isn't he, isn't he as well? You've done pieces on him in, 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 the, la- in the last few months about how much work he, he puts in. I don't think anybody knows more about football than Erno Emery. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. He's, um, he's an, an incredibly hard-working person, just very, very intense. Um, you know, watches football when he's not working, spends extra time um, analysing games and... and preparing for, for, for games. As I've said previously, you know, it's only, he's only got weekend games to prepare for at the moment. So that, that actually works in Villa's favour because they can have a real specific detailed plan for each opponent every weekend. It's going to be a little bit different next year when the cup competitions are back and if Europe, uh, Villa get into Europe, there's going to be a lot more games to deal with. And then you've got the travelling and um, you know, squeezing training sessions in, trying to keep the trying to give the players enough rest to recover. Um, it all just becomes a little bit more different. But Emery has stuck to the same message consistently from when he joined, and I've, and I've asked him almost every month about this. He says he wants more games. The more games he has, the better for him because he believes he can analyse the team and improve the team better through looking at games, um, which is quite interesting because. 
I think you speak to some of the managers and they would actually prefer the time on the training pitch, you know, the four days a week training rather yeah. than the two sort of thing. Um, but he believes that his team under his guidance can learn more through games. So we'll have to see how that one pans out next year. I, mean, I thought I watched a lot of football. I probably watch football every, every single night. I mean, I, might, I imagine Unai Emery watches it in a completely different way to me. In, in fairness, but, you know, he'll go back and, and watch games that have already taken place and, and things like that. Where and if someone posted a picture on social media last week, he was just up in Birmingham, up in, up in town, watching the football. I've, I've yeah. seen him in a hotel watching football. The guy, when he finishes, finishes at the training ground. He just eats football, doesn't he? Yeah, he he really enjoys watching football, you know, and because it's the first season for 15 years that he hasn't had, he hasn't been involved in European football. You know, he said that he's actually enjoyed having the downtime to watch him of the Champions League and Europa League games and Europa Conference League games. Um, He likes to watch teams and try to pick things up tactically and learn from other managers as well. You know, he, he always says that he's learning every day and um, he doesn't believe he's fully cracked it, (laughs) but just seeing the work that he's done um, at Villa and transforming this team and speaking to the players that he's worked with, you know, he, he's grown massively in my estimation. Um, and I'd, I'd put him now as one of the, you know, the real top elite coaches in the world. Um, because sometimes you have to listen to the people that are really close to it to to understand. And, you know, there's no, there's no people that are more closer to it than the players and they're really impressed with him. You mentioned Johan Langer about five minutes ago. You said he'll he'll be staying, but obviously there is an appointment going on for Villa in that arena as well or in that area. Can can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so Matteo Alemani, the um, current director of football at Barcelona, um, he's a guy that both Emery and his personal assistant, Damir Vidagani, know well. Um, all three of them worked at Valencia at some point, um, you know, and... Not all, not all together at the same time, but they're all aware of each other. And um, in another world, this this trio of of power might have linked up together at Newcastle because um, the the current owners of Newcastle wanted to appoint Emery in in twenty twenty one was it or twenty twenty I can't remember. Um, yeah, twenty twenty one wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so they wanted to appoint Emery at that point. They wanted to get Alaman in then as well um, to help take the club forward. Um, but Emery turned Emery turned that down and decided to stay at Villarreal. So what's interesting now for Villa is that the three of them working together will be fully in charge of, of football operations and, and football decisions. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how the future transfer windows look. Um, you know what players Villa decide to keep, which players they de- decide to move on, who they offer new contracts to, because that will all be decided by decided by the football department. Um, Alemani is a, is a, is a, um, a director with you know a very high reputation. He's been impressive in the jobs that he's done at Real Mallorca, at Valencia, and now at Barcelona during difficult times. Um, but what's really interesting is that he's leaving, you know, a key decision maker. He's leaving Barcelona, who are about to win La Liga, and moving to Villa, who are, you know, effectively a, a mid-table team in the Premier League. It just it just shows the strength of the Premier League and also the, um, you know, how serious the, the project is at, at Villa for him to leave such a big club to come to Villa. Um, so, yeah, this is Emery again as well, isn't it? Because without Unai Emery, this, this doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, yes and no, because he doesn't come unless Emery's there, okay? But also, you've got to look at the owners. You know, they are increasing his salary significantly from Barcelona. He's moving in on a salary that Barcelona cannot match. So, it's the continued push from these engaged and enthusiastic owners to take this club forward and, and continue investing in it with good quality people. So the only the only issue is, you know, a 60-year-old director of football coming over who has no experience of working in England, will that be an issue for him? Um, you know, that's something we'll have to assess over time. But Emery and, and Vidagani are, are, you know, very pleased to be having him coming in on board um, and, and they're excited for how the future is going to look with him. I mean... You're talking about him not having Premier League experience, and and I agree that you know that's always something that's going to get levelled at anyone that comes over from a different country. You're always going to say they've not have not been any done anything in the Premier League. They haven't got Premier League experience, but he might perhaps help open up different markets to Villa with with his contacts, I, I guess. And I I would also guess the players that Unai Emery is identifying 
it's going to help having someone who who's worked at a club like Barcelona with with his contact books and his ways and his methods that that can only help Villa, I would guess. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they, they have got they have got a good sporting director in place at the moment. You know, Jovan Langer who, who can do all of that. Um, Alemani is not coming in to to replace Lang because of his poor performance or because of um, the level of his performance. It's not that, you know, the owners are happy with Lango. That's why they're expected to keep him on in in, in a senior role within the, the V-Sports company um, because their portfolio, of course, is growing with you know, Vittorio Guimaraes being um, acquired a 46% stake in that club with the Egyptian Academy ZFC also now coming under the, the V-Sports model. Um, it's a case of Unai Emery wanting a man um a man in and uh, the owner's delivering on that again, you know, that promise to give him basically everything that he needs. So, um, yeah, you know, Alemani will, will help Villa. He, he will have avenues that they perhaps couldn't explore previously. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, it's no doubt that they're going to be looking at the Spanish market and that he will be well primed to, to help that anyway. You've mentioned Emery's right-hand man a, a couple of times. Now, to people listening who who don't know about him, it may come across like he's the he's the assistant manager, but that that's not correct, is it? This is a very different role. Can you just go explain a little bit for people who may not know who he is? Yeah, so Damian Vidagani is um, a uh, you know close ally of of, of, of Emery's. Um, he worked at Valencia in a high-profile. Um, director role for for some time. You know, he he's, sits next to Emery at press conferences, and the reason that Emery decided or wanted to bring him in on board was because of the bruising experience almost at, at Arsenal, where he was ridiculed at times for not being able to pronounce certain words correctly in the media during press conferences. Which you know, I, I think you know was an, was very very harsh. The, it was a more a social media fueled thing, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't anything else really. to be expected. Horrible but place at times. Just the way of the 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 world, unfortunately. But yeah, I've I've ne- I've never been in the market to criticise someone's pronunciation when I can't speak a second language myself. So, um, what Emery as a as a person who tries to improve every single part of his life every single day and become a better manager, recognised that there was a little gap when he was at Arsenal um, and he identified um, you know, he identified that and, and said when he was going to return to the Premier League he wanted someone alongside him who could act as a personal assistant somebody who could sit next to him at press conferences and translate anything that he didn't understand somebody that he could lean on to, for advice you know for, for off-field matters um, and 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 uh, Vidigani's role is he's a wide arching really you know he, he helps out in the media he obviously has Spanish contacts who he who he speaks to um, regularly as well but he's also involved in you know recruitment selection and um, um, you know giving opinion on players that when when Emery's looking for for that second opinion so yeah he's somebody that's well trusted and I think what we'll see now is almost a triangle of power it will be Emery Vidigani and Aleman. Um, you know, working together to make the football decisions at Villa. I'm excited by it. It just, it just sounds proper. To, to me, that's a terrible explanation of something. But it, it just, I don't know. It just, it just feels right to give a manager like Unai Emery the people around him that he needs, and to, and to give him this power and what he's done with the club so far. I know we've achieved nothing essentially yet, but it's encouraging, and you do feel like the club's really, really moving forward now and, and getting the right people in. The proof of being the pudding, obviously, but I don't know. Yeah. Just, there's something that just feels right about it. It feels right because Villa are winning games, doesn't it? Well, not the last two weeks, Greg. <laughs> I mean, in general, since Emery's come in, Villa have won more games than they've lost. I know, uh, and 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 they're you know they're on an incredible ride at the moment this season. But it feels good because Villa are winning. If Villa were 17th still, as as when he took over, we'd be saying, well, what? Why is this guy getting all the power now? Yeah, true. I've I've just seen enough that uh, that I just completely back this this manager and love this manager and just believe in believe in him and believe in in what he's doing and I I like that the club are, are doing the same and basically just just giving him what what he wants and I've never understood that in football where you know, you've got you've got a manager in but for example and then someone else is picking the players like you mm. go back to Villa when they were awful and, and they got relegated so they've got Tim Sherwood as, as manager you know you know think what you will of Tim Sherwood. But then you're bringing in all these players who he probably doesn't really want to, want to work with. This is that's the best example I can think of. So you know, when you've got a manager in, I would almost feel 
Let them have a say, really. Let them do what they want. I mean, Tim Show was a terrible example because he brought in Jolly on Lescott and no one liked him. But do you know what do you know what I'm saying? Where you, you know you it, this need, gotta... a, fo- a football club needs to be working in conjunction. I mean, ju- to just to pick up on your um example that you've highlighted there. If Tim Sherwood and Paddy Riley, who was the sporting director uh, and, and head of uh, sporting director, effectively, you know, head of technical and, and scouting director, iconic and recruit. What was his title? Um, Paddy Riley it was director of recruitment and scouting. Right. Let's get that. No, I don't know. Um, yeah. Director of recruitment and scouting. So if if Riley and Sherwood had have worked together really well and agreed on a lot of things alongside Tom Fox and Hendrik Almstad, who was at the club at the time, then things might have worked well. But Sherwood wanted his players, Riley wanted his players, and it just it was a bad mix in the end. You, you need Sometimes you need to take a step back and, and just come to the right decisions between you. And it, unfortunately... If it's, it's, it, we, we don't want to go back over that, that I'm time. just remembering it. You can laugh about it now because Villa are in a good place, wasn't it? But it, yeah. I, I, I still, it wasn't. It shouldn't have been that bad. It shouldn't have been that bad because the players Villa signed went on to do good things. And it's like, you know, if you if you had the right manager in at the time who believed fully in those players, it might have been different. But Sherwood wasn't. Sherwood never believed in some of those players because he wanted others in place instead of them. And that's fair enough as a manager, you know maybe he did deserve a little bit more of a say in who had came in because he'd kept the club in the league previously. Um, but then, you know, if you speak to Tom Fox and, and, and Paddy Riley and Hendrik Armstead, they, they will have another opinion and they'll probably say that, well, you know, we've, we've provided these players the manager needed to do better to get the best out of them. So that's where I go back to having, you need, you need cohesion between, the, you know, the, the, peop- the, the most important people at the club. Just every time I hear Tom Fox's name, it, it makes me laugh because I don't know whether you you remember this. I used to like to write a bit for the for the Birmingham Mail, so it's basically like a, a fans column, essentially. And I wrote something the season before we went down about how basically just saying that things aren't going well, laying in, laying into a few things. And Tom Fox rang me up and asked me to asked me to come in. So I went into Villa Park and sat down and had this like meeting with Tom Fox, and he was like categorically telling me. We will not be sacking Paul Lambert. We believe in him. Mm, this is mm. we're we're behind him. He's going to keep us up. We're we're heading in the right direction. Just trust the process, essentially. And the next week, we lost to Hull and I sacked him. So I just always, <laughs> always remember, like you literally sat down with me for an hour, and then a week later, gone back on absolutely everything that you that, that you've said to me. Just a just a crazy, crazy time at, at, at this football club that that was. I um, like yeah. the fact that I like the fact that he's invited you in. I'm all yeah. up for that. I'm all up for that, but yeah, I mean, if he's saying they're not going to sack the, the manager and sack, sack and, and he gets sacked the next week, it's hard to uh, it's hard to listen to anybody after that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it all, it all spiralled from there, didn't it? Didn't it really? But things hadn't been going well for a few years. But it's just a funny time. I can't hear Tom Fox's name without smiling and remembering that time. And like I say, because Villa are in such a good place now, we've kind of had to go through all those rough periods to get. To where we are now, but we finally feel like we're getting back to the level that that we want to want to be at. Anything else on 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 those changes, Greg? Anything else you want to say? No, I think just I just encourage people who are listening to to read the article on um, Thursday morning uh, on the Athletic. It will go into much more detail, um, and I'm usually better at writing things than speaking things, so <laughs> it might become a bit more clearer what I'm trying to say in my articles. <laughs> you, yeah, you said earlier about not speaking a, a second language as well. I, I bet you, I bet you know how to say what time to tee off in in every language that, that there is. Don't you? I bet you know how to say that. <laughs> no, I don't actually. <laughs> but yeah, probably should learn it. When, when, uh, when, yeah. when we come back, we're going to talk about Villa and the European picture. But before we do that, here's a quick word from our sponsors. If you're getting fed up of missing all the live football, then our new show sponsor, NordVPN, will be able to help you out. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile and smart TV. So if you want to watch, let's say, some live US content, it allows you to appear like you're in that country. And whilst you're connected, no one can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy. 
As part of NordVPN supporting the Villa View, they've given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free. This also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you've got to do is go to thevillaview.tv slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details will be in the description of this video. And as always, we're truly grateful to anyone that signs up. We know money's tight, but if you think NordVPN is worthwhile and it's going to help you out, then this really helps us keep the channel running. All the best up the villa. Thank you very much to NordVPN for backing the show. Greg, Villa have fell away a little bit, as we've already discussed, a, a couple of defeats, a couple of narrow defeats. Probably at the moment, actually, two of the tougher places to go in the Premier League. I think Manchester United and Wolves' home records in recent times are very, very strong. So I think narrow defeats can be forgiven. We have suddenly gone from scoring every game to not scoring hmm. for, for, for two games as well. What, what have you made of the, of the last few weeks? I mean, look, you know, when a team loses, it's always frustrating. It's always frustrating. It's always disappointing, isn't it? And you typically tend to look at the negatives. Um, but I've tried to look at the bigger picture more and not get too down or too concerned Sorry. about it because, you know, Villa had scored in every single game under Una Emery until the last two games. Um, and there was a journalist who asked, asked a question uh, after the game and he said, kind of said, well, you know, why aren't you scoring now? And I thought, I mean, that's just a little bit like oh, premature. Strange things like have gone two, on. Last two games, games, literally two games they haven't scored. Um, so I'm not too concerned. I think, you know, it's always a tough place to go to Old Trafford. You, Villa never really expect to go there and get anything. So um, not too concerned about that. You know, the, the Wolves game, a local derby. Uh, Wolves really up. Wolves, are re Wolves fans were really up for it. Um, I haven't been to Molyneux and heard, heard it like that for a very long time, actually. Um you know, I presume probably because the fact that West Brom aren't, aren't in the league um, and haven't played them for a while, uh, you know, they're looking at Villa as their, their real local derby in, in the Premier League, so to speak. So, yeah, they were well up for it. Um, and I think that made a difference. It gave the home team the edge in, in those early periods. Wolves obviously got the goal and, and Villa just struggled to get get back into that game at that point then. I think they created plenty of chances. Um, I don't think there was anything particularly wrong with the performance. Um, you know, they played in a similar way to they had have done in, in previous weeks. Emery even admitted that uh, that Villa had played better than when they had won some of the games. Uh, you know, I presume he was looking at like the Crystal Palace game, um, maybe Everton away where they played at home. Um, you know, games like that where they won by a um, quite slender margin um, and didn't perform actually that well, but just just got the job done. So for me, it was very it was a very similar performance, and it just unfortunately the goals just didn't come. Yeah, because it was kind of a series of unfortunate events for Villa. Really, I don't think Wolves getting hammered the week before helped. In in, in all honesty, because you, when you have a defeat like that as a club, you have to reset. And I think Wolves yeah. probably reset going into that game. They haven't really got anything to play for. They're safe. I've said it. I said it on the countless times last week on the Villa View. You know, if the roles were reversed and Villa could win a game to stop Wolves getting into Europe, we would take unbridled yeah. joy from that. Yeah, we'd I think, think so. we'd be we'd be well up for it, and that's how it was for Wolves. I'm not knocking Wolves at all because I think we'd be we'd be exactly the same. But they wanted to beat Villa because they want to beat Villa anyway. But also they wanted to stop Villa's progress, try and stop Villa getting into Europe. And it does show that I think it shows as well the the fact that a galvan the fact that a galvanised fan base can really help a team. Because I think the way the yeah, Wolves fans were helped Wolves. Yeah. But when you concede in early doors, 1-0, off a set piece, it's exactly what Wolves' game plan would have been. Go ahead, defend deep, get a low block and try and keep Villa out. And they, they did it very mm. well. I mean, Craig Dawson, the amount of good games I've seen him have against Villa now is so frustrating. <laughs> so, so annoying. He's had good games for West Brom against us, good games for West Ham against us. And now he's playing, playing for Wolves. I thought he was excellent. For them, just yeah. that low block just suited him perfectly. He just got in the way of everything and he really, really annoyed me. I think at, at one point I shouted out, I'm fed up of Craig Dawson to, <laughs> to my dad. Not things that you expect to hear during during a football match. But I think Wolves handled the game really well. But I don't think Villa were bad. It was, we just couldn't quite break them down. I do think we're a little bit leggy because there hasn't been much rotation over a few mm. weeks. But I guess the good thing for Villa now going into the last three games is for not key players, but four players. Four senior four players. Come straight in, yeah. they'll, yeah. they'll improve the squad and give us more options off the bench. 
Yeah, it was good to see that. You know, it was good to see yeah uh, Kamara come come back into the squad and and come off the bench and, and play. He's a big. He's going to be a huge player for Villa. You know, he's he's their best midfielder. I think so. That you know, we, Villa need to get him fit and, and ready again ahead of next season. Um, obviously, having Bailey, you know, Coutinho didn't didn't get on, but Bailey and Coutinho also there. Uh, Cash will be back next week as well, which is which is also important. Um, and Diego Carlos, you know, brilliant. Brilliant to get him on the pitch after such a long, hard journey for him. You know, nine months out. A uh, little bit of criticism from some of the fans with the way he was, uh, you know, interacting with some of the Spanish-speaking Wolves players uh, and staff at the end of the game. But I'm going to say this in the most respectful way. He didn't care too much about the result um, because the bigger jer- the bigger win for him was getting back out on the pitch. Now. I know Villa fans don't want to hear that, and he he hasn't actually said that. But deep down, I know what you mean. You know what I'm trying to say. Deep down, his biggest win, his biggest victory, was getting back out there and playing again after nine months out. Because anybody who's suffered a, a, a ruptured crew, a ruptured Achilles, will know how bad the injury is. I haven't suffered one personally, but I spoke to a lot of experts, you know, medical experts about it, uh, and people in sport. And you know, there are basketball players that suffer that and think that they're career's over and Carlos would have had you know thoughts like that you know I'm turning 30 will I ever be the same player again so to get him back um you know it's great and it just opens up a few more options for Villa now will he be the centre-back moving forward and, and will that mean Ezri Konza moves out to right back more often um will Ezri Konza lose his place will Tyrone Mings lose his place just just good to have a few more it's just good to have another centre-half in there to keep the competition um Fierce. Uh, and yeah, just in general, I think Villa's squad looking a lot more stronger. The only issue is it's the same issue, same problems, isn't it? Birch and Traore having a dreadful 45 minutes. Leon Bailey coming off the bench and not really doing any better. That position for Villa just feels like a little bit of a weakness at the moment. That's one they need to identify in the summer, isn't it? That that position, I, th- I think. But I, I echo you points that you made on Diego Carlos you know when you see it on the screen straight after you've lost a game as a football fan you see someone smiling when you're annoyed your team has lost I can understand that kind of instant reaction of oh I'm glad you I'm glad you think it's funner but if you think of the you think of the bigger picture here and Villa put out a, a video of his of the journey that, that he's gone through since yeah. he's coming I mean imagine coming in from a foreign country you've played two games for, for your club that you've you've just joined you've just uprooted your whole family and then you get that horrific injury in your, in your second game and you've got to spend the rest of the season going on a journey trying to get yourself fit from what is a horrible, horrible injury. I and mean, I don't know if people have watched that video on the, on the club's YouTube, but I admired his, he seemed to be really positive that the whole yeah. way through it always had a smile on his face. And from what I saw of his brief cameo back on the pitch as well, he moved the ball quick, which is mm, what it's good, isn't which it? is what Unai Emery will want at centre-back. He pinged a lovely cross-field ball at, at one point as well. You you know, you forget Villa's two big signings in the summer to upgrade the squad from the previous year. Both of them have spent, I mean, Carlos has spent virtually the whole season injured, but Kamara's had a high portion of the season injured as as well. So they, they were Villa's two big players that they identified in the summer to really improve things. And they've been without them for, for a large portion of, of the season. I do... I do think it's interesting as well what you say about about the defence moving forward. I actually think Carlos will probably play against Tottenham at, at, at the weekend. I think Ashley Young probably he's played a lot of games for a thirty-seven-year-old at the moment, and Cash probably isn't quite ready to to start. Having concert at right back, that's the kind of thing Emery did a lot of at Villarreal. I think Juan Foyth played there an, an awful lot for, for Villarreal. So having concert at right back and Carlos at right, right centre back. Kind of fits in with the way Emery played at Villa Royale. So I think, I think for the next game certainly, I do think bringing him on the way they did, I think is a brief insight into what we might see at the weekend. Yeah, it will be interesting. I think I think Ashley Young certainly held his own. Um, oh, he's been very, brilliant. I'm not knocking him. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, very very impressive, especially for his age. Um, but yeah, it, w- it will be interesting, especially as Villa are playing three, you know, real real tough teams now in in teams that are above them, Tottenham. Liverpool and Brighton. Um, be interesting to see if Emery does revert to that that system that he often typically used at, at Villarreal, where you know it's it's more of a three man defence when when Villa are in possession um, and allowing the left back to, to bomb on and, and create attacks and, and the right back just moving into to centre back. Um, it would make sense, wouldn't it, for for Conza, Carlos and and Mings to occupy those positions. 
if cash isn't quite ready. Um, and it will be interesting to see what happens in the summer as well, because from 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 what I'm hearing, Emery wants to strengthen all departments, you know, defence, midfield and attack. So if they're looking at another centre-back, do, do they need four centre-backs? You know, they've got three at the moment. Do they need another one? And, and what happens to the to the to the fourth choice one if if a new if a new guy does come in? Um, and what happens to Callum Chambers in in that respect as well? Because um, you know it's going to be interesting, really interesting summer. My thoughts would be that Chambers would probably move on. I mean, I in the summer, you 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 maybe expect so having not played much this season. Um, just always think it's tough having four cent four really good centre backs. They've got three really good centre backs at the moment. If they buy another really good centre back and they haven't got European football, you know what does that mean for two of them that typically won't be playing many games? I guess, I guess we'll guess we'll see, won't we? But I do yeah. think because Emery does play has played centre back at full back previously, particularly at right back. Conte has been really good as well. You know, people want to see Diego Carlos because he's he's new and he's coming with some pedigree. You know, he's. Brazilian as well, which you know, mm. football fans you always think, oh yeah, Brazil player. That's what you want to see, isn't it? But Conte probably doesn't deserve to to come out of the team, so it might be a way of keeping him in the team and getting Diego mm. Carlos back to play him at right back. And it's something that's been successful for Emery before. But I'm looking forward to the summer, Europe or not, to to see what Villa Villa do in the transfer market because I I think they'll have some impressive and, and some exciting plans. I did ask for some questions before we go, Greg. So there's a few here that okay. I'll, I'll I'll pick out. First one comes from. Luke Collins. He says, what single tactical slash personnel change made by Emery has had the biggest effect at the club? Um, I've got an answer for this because I knew it was coming. Do you want me to start with what I Do you think? want to answer that one then? Yeah, we'll then you. I, don't, man, I don't think people are asking me the questions in all honesty. I think, <laughs> okay, I, think, well, I think they want you to answer it. Okay, I mean, this sounds like a bit of a cop-out because it's not necessarily a tactical change, but I think the biggest difference with Emery um, at the club is the preparation. Uh, okay. So everything is geared towards a specific match. So mon- Monday morning, it will be a completely new outlook ahead of the game. Um, and then there are so many detailed video and uh, video meetings. Um, there are opposition scouting reports that are that spent that take ages, that very 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 long time to put together. Um, set piece routines are worked on for much longer. Uh, the time the time spent on the training pitches uh, is a little bit longer than previously, and all the individual players have extra coaching uh, and extra clips to watch and things like that. So, Tyra Mings did an interview with um, with Michael Calvin recently, and it's, it's well worth a listen. I need to and listen he, to that. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. It's well worth a listen. And um, he 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 summed it up quite nicely by saying, "We are so prepared now." that really there shouldn't be any excuse that if every single player does exactly what they are told and what they've worked on in the week, then really we should go and beat everyone, <laughs> um, which was an interesting way to put it. And at that point, Villa were on an incredible run where they were almost beating everyone. So it was good to roll with those quotes at the time. Um, but yeah, I think just it's the preparation. It's the fact that there is literally not a single stone left unturned um, ahead of every game. So that's the main thing for me. Okay, I was going to say the playing out from from the back. What I like about that is that you could see there was teething problems at, at the start, but they kind of played through the pain of it. To you have to come again, you have to come through the rough times sometimes to 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 feel the good ones. I think Villa came through that pain point with the playing out from the back, whereas now you watch them do it, they're so so comfortable. The fans don't get antsy at Villa Park. When, when when they're doing it now. So I think just that just that style and the fact that that enables Villa players to pick the ball up in space. Because I genuinely feel like that's something I've never seen in my whole time of going down Villa Park is off the ball movement and players being pulled yeah. around and players picking up the ball in space. So I would say that for me, that's the biggest thing I've noticed from the playing side. I think that, that playing out from the back has, has been massive and something that Emery has implemented really well. Um, Matt C says, you might not be able to answer the first part, but you might be able to answer the second. How much financial fair play headroom do we have? Can you see any slightly shocked departures to increase revenue in the summer? Um, I'm going to be doing a, an article on financial fair play at some point. So I'll go into a little bit more detail then on the, on the athletic because um, we're going to need a lot more time to, to talk through the finer details. And I, and I want to speak to the experts first um, and crunch the numbers properly before before I answer that. But Villa are in a good position in terms of um, 
the value of their squad. Now, they have a lot of players that are significantly higher in value than, than when they sign them. So if they do want to move a couple on to, to free up some funds for further new players, they're in a good position now because, um, yeah, they're worth a lot more. Also, there's five or six five or six players that were out on loan in the Championship and League One um, and you know, and, and League Two, if you're including Louis Barry now. Not all of those are going to make it at Villa. You've got Cameron Archer, Aaron Ramsey, Jaden Philogene, um, Tim Eric Boonham, uh, Finn Azaz and, and Louis Barry. So the, the six players there that have had... Gone Bogard really, as well. Uh, Lamar Bogard, of course, yeah. There's seven players there who've gone and had really successful loan spells um, in the Football League. Now, Emery will have a look at a couple of them uh, in the summer. I've, I've heard that he's very excited to see what Cameron Arch is like now, having had another six months alone at Borough. Um, uh, his numbers if, are quite frankly staggering. They're, they're ridiculous. His goal, his goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms he's, of goals and assists. He's, really well. he's done really well. The, the, loan, the loan worked perfect, you know. Villa needed to move him on for another six months to see if he was ever going to be good enough to, to to be a Villa striker. And he's gone and ticked every single box now, so he deserves his chance. Um, whether he gets that, we'll, we'll be down to Unai Emery, but he, I'm, I'm told that he's, he's excited about looking for, um, seeing him in the summer to see if he's ready. So, so yeah, to, to go back to that, a couple of those players perhaps might be moved on in, in times ahead and, and that will just free up more funds for Villa. Um, if you look back over the last two years, they've, they've only spent £40 million net, you know, with the, with the £100 million sale of Jack Grealish. So the last two years, they've, they've, they've almost moved away from the tag that people uh, perceived Villa to be big spenders. And they're almost shrewd, you know, shrewd, clever investors now. You know, £40 million over the last two years net spend is, is pretty decent. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're gearing up for a pretty big summer. Um how much money they're going to spend, I don't know. I'm not privy to those conversations yet. I don't know what the budget is, but I know that Emery will be significantly backed and that the, the plans are very ambitious at this point in time. Yeah, Matty D asked about, about Cameron Archer. Keep, keep or sell, I guess you've kind of probably answered that. Keep, keep. Got to give him a chance. Got to give him a chance. I mean, if you, the way I could, you could, we could look at it two ways. If a club is in sixth, uh, seventh position at the moment, seventh, eighth position, and they want to break into the top six, do they go and sign? Cameron Archer from Middlesbrough on the back of his record uh, to take them further? Perhaps not, but I just think that because he's had the upbringing at Villa um, and because he's he's achieved every target that has been set for him when he's gone out on loan, that they need to have a look at him because he's a goal scorer. You know, he gets goals and if he if Ollie Watkins isn't firing, then he could be a good alternative. But I'm sure that Villa will get another striker as well. You've got to have options, haven't you? Especially if you do qualify for Europe. You've got, yeah, you've got to have five lots, subs lots and all that, you know. Yeah. So. It's, it's it's perfect and I think next season when Emery gets kind of his own squad he makes his, his full stamp on the, on the squad I think you'll see Villa make more use of the of, of, of the five subs and they'll be I can almost yeah. imagine Unai Emery planning what he's going to do with his subs before the game yeah. and telling the player you'll be on in 60 minutes if this is what's happening in the game if this is yeah. what's happening in the game you'll be on and, and, and things like that you can imagine when he's got he's the squad that he wants Villa will make, make more use of the, of the five subs rule, although I think subs have been pretty good actually in the main in killing off games in, since Emery's come in, in, in fairness to him. One more question. It's come from JD. At one stage, you were adamant, like a lot of us, that Martinez would leave in the summer. I think this is aimed at, aimed at me. <laughs> this was due to him not fitting Emery's way of playing. Do you think he has adapted enough for Emery to fend off bids, or can you see us accepting a high offer? Oh, I think he's irreplaceable. You you were quite emphatic at the very, time when I yeah, said that. that yeah. Because I, my, my thoughts I were at the time. Along, yeah. yeah, my thoughts at the time were we've just been knocked out of the FA Cup by Stevenage. We're not going to get into Europe anytime soon, mm. which you know, we still might not get into Europe, but I feel a lot better about that than I than I did at the time. He he had a few teething problems with the playing out from the back. It, him and Emery had, had a bit of a to do after after the Arsenal game. I was just thinking he's won the World Cup, he's gonna want to play in the in the Champions League, surely. But everything you hear from Emmy Martinez now in this in this good run, it does feel like it's all geared towards him to stay, isn't it? And he, he is irreplaceable. I, I I agree with that. Villa yeah, aren't going to get yeah. a better keeper in than, than Emmy Martinez. No, he's incredible. Um, and if Villa do, you know, Villa do sell him in, in this summer, which I don't think they will, then they've got to get two goalkeepers in because I'm not convinced about Robin Olsen. Uh, feel like Villa do need another backup to him. Chad Steers out of contract. Um, in this summer, so we, we, you know, we don't know what's happening with him yet. But so we might need two goalkeepers anyway. 
yeah well yeah or you know does Sinisalo get promoted further up um, you know we'll, we'll wait and see on that but yeah Villa, Villa have to keep Martinez and I think they will all the noises coming out from his camp are, are that he's going to stay that he's excited about um, you know the future under Emery he's desperate to win something at Villa which he keeps mentioning in every mm. interview um, I think if Villa get into Europe that will help massively uh, you know the fact that you know, the Europa League for example if, if, if Villa can squeeze into sixth then you know I think Martinez would be satisfied playing playing in that competition next year as well as you know remaining in the Premier League and, and pushing forward with that. So yeah, if that if it's going to take a very big bid anyway for for Villa to for Villa to consider, um, and I just don't think it's worth selling him because I think yeah. you get fifty million or sixty million or more or whatever you know whatever figure it is. Don't think you're going to go and you're going to be able to get another goalkeeper as good as him. My only thought, again, my thought in January was, not January, February time, was that a few Premier League teams might need a keeper, but now it looks like Manchester United are probably going to keep hold of, of, of De Gea. Chelsea are just an absolute basket case of a club. Tottenham are in a, Tottenham in a, in a complete yeah. mess. You know, yeah. you're actually probably better off at Villa, a stable club yeah, yeah. at the moment, yeah. than going yeah. to, going to yeah. one of those two teams. Plus, those two teams aren't going to be in the Champions League any, anyway. So, you know, he's... He, He's kind of in the right place now. If you look at it, he's not going to go, obviously not going to go to Arsenal. He's not going to go to Man City. He's not going to go to Newcastle. Probably won't be in the market for a keeper. Even though I'm not convinced Pope is his top-level Champions League goalkeeper, but Pope will be their goalkeeper next season. You know, so really, he's at the best place. And I, I love the way he speaks about Villa in interviews. He says the things that the fans want, want to hear mm. players saying. And it's not like when Fabian Delph said it and then left the next day. It's literally like, you know, he, you know, he means it, you know, he appreciates what Villa, Villa has done for him and how it's elevated his, his, his career, his interview with Ian Wright recently, you know, he said so many nice things about the club and I hold my hands up. I misjudged it when I said all those things that, that I was saying. I had my thoughts of, of what might happen. I was completely wrong. They were, they were just thoughts. Sometimes you sometimes you get things wrong. So, yeah, I've completely changed with that now. Believe your stay, believe in him and delighted with him as Villa's number one because he is one of the best goalkeepers in, in the world. Greg, that does us. Anything else you want to say before you go? Obviously, you've mentioned you've got a few big yeah. pieces coming up. Yeah, yeah. No, just um, for those who haven't subscribed, just go and have a look at The Athletic. Uh, you know, most of the... Uh, the detail that I that I include are obviously all in the articles. So yeah, any feedback um, is welcome as well. Okay, thank you very much, Greg. Been good to be good to do the show again. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Very informative show as well. You've given the listeners a lot, so really, really appreciate it. Always great to talk to him. We'll, we'll be back again next week, won't we? Well, indeed. Hopefully on the back of a win. Hopefully on the back of the win, and you know, hopefully you you haven't got any golf, so hopefully we'll be able to get a get a podcast in work. Maybe yeah. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel and the podcast wherever you get your shows from. That would be much appreciated. If you watch on YouTube, give the video a like and a comment as well. If you want to ask any questions, then you know, ask them in the comments, and we'll pull them across and and speak about them next week. But thanks for all the engagement on the channel. We really really appreciate it. Only one thing left to say: up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.